Hello and welcome to the Gifted Podcast. I am your host Neeraj Mulani and in the Gifted Podcast I speak with elite athletes as we try to challenge the misconception that athletes are just some people who are talented or gifted with special abilities at birth. Every week I am joined by an elite athlete as we try to break down what it truly takes and means to be an athlete. If you are an aspiring athlete or just a casual sports fan, you will definitely enjoy this podcast as I get candid with athletes about their journey, their achievements, moments of heartbreak and most importantly, moments of hard work and perseverance. In today's episode, I have with me America's best ranked triathlete for much of his career, Jared Shoemaker. Jared is International Triathlon Union's under 23 world champion. World Cup silver medalist and an Olympian who participated at the Beijing Olympics. We discuss Jared's transition from being just a runner to becoming a triathlete, his experience at the Olympics and his post-retirement ambitions with adventure racing. So, without further ado, let's get to it. Welcome Jared to the Gifted Podcast today. We are so excited to have you and know more about your journey to being the best American triathlete. How are you doing today? Good, good. I already got a, a bike and a swim in, so now now I get to hang out with you for a little bit and then relax for a while. Oh, perfect. And how is life treating you in Florida these days? Good. Uh, the weather's the weather's turned good. It's about eighty degrees highs, and it's comfortable at night. So it's it's kind of it's it's what we call our fall, which everybody else would call like summer. So, <laughs> but it means we get to go outside and not worry about things. Perfect. Well, there's a lot to know about your journey to becoming the best American triathlete. So let's start right at the beginning, shall we? So as a child, you played competitive baseball, soccer, basketball, lacrosse, swimming, wrestling, and ice hockey. And why did you pick running out of all these sports? Uh, baseball is my favorite sport, honestly. And that's what I wanted to be when I grew up. I grew up in Boston, so Boston Red Sox were my team. Uh, and so that was what I wanted to do. Um, but you know, what I realized that I was really good at running and it was probably going to get me where I wanted to go, which was to go to a good college and run at a good college. So kind of went that way. I had some really good coaches, uh, for running as well. Uh, and then I also kind of like the individual aspect of the sport where it's, it's you pushing yourself. So I think all those things together, but I love playing sports no matter what they are. <laughs> I just have always enjoyed being out and being competitive and active. Right. And which is why not just one sport would be a triathlete and compete in three sports at the same time. Exactly. Right. And did your city or neighborhood have a history of, you know, producing athletes or Olympians? And was that ever an influence on, you know, young Jared? Um, I mean, you know, for me, it was really baseball players were kind of the people I looked up to. And, and, and so that, I mean, I knew some runners and I got to know, like who good runners were once I got into it. Uh, for me, it was more my parents. They went out and ran every day. My mom uh, this year was supposed to be her 30th Boston Marathon in a row. And um, so I, I was always out, you know, they were running, I'd bike with them. And then eventually I started running with them. So it just that's just the way our family was. We were active and, and outside. So I just kind of enjoyed it. Yeah, I mean, yeah, there's no real one person that I would say was that person that I looked up to though. Right. And 
you know throughout school and first few years of college you obviously into running and in fact you also won three straight heptagonal cross country games with your college in the first three years what did that do for you as a as a young athlete and what sort of you know goals and expectations were you setting for yourself at that time yeah i um i mean going to college i didn't know how i was going to stack up against you know the, these college runners i didn't run a lot of mileage in high school um but i just went into it kind of with an open mind and just 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 went for it and we had a really good team the first three years and so we won three straight uh, heptagonal championships which was so cool i won individually my junior year which was unbelievable and you know, I really enjoyed working out with the team and pushing myself with the team. It's it's funny though. I wasn't actually. I never worked out in the top workout group. I would work out in the second workout group because I'm I'm a lot more measured in my workouts. I don't really like being competitive in workouts. So for me, it was about you know, if we're supposed to hit these splits, I would go hit those splits. Whereas sometimes the guys in the first workout group would just push themselves really hard. And, and by the third or fourth interval, they were already running as fast as we were supposed to be at the end. So, um, so I learned a lot about myself and, and how to push myself, how to train myself and what my body could handle. So no ego lifting for you, Aiden? No, no. The, I, on race day is when I care about. I, I don't care anything about workouts. I, it, sometimes I push myself to stay with somebody else like for a little while. And then I realized, I, you know, this, what am I supposed to be doing? What's the point of this workout? And then, and that's, that's what I've always been like is, is what is the point? And then you realize that on race day is when it matters. You know, you can win every single workout and finish last in a race. And then there's, there's no point in my mind. So I'd rather win the races and come in last in the workouts. (laughs) (laughs) That's really smart. So your last couple of years in college, you also faced some injuries from track running. Um, And during your downtime, you started training on bikes and also started swimming. How did that transition from, you know, just running to triathlon come about for you? I, I swam in high school and I'd grown up swimming. So for me, that was always something that I enjoyed doing. Um, but yeah, I mean, you know, once I started running and trying to put more mileage on my body, my body started breaking down and I got IT band issues. I got uh, ankle issues, some um, uh, like shin splint type things. And so what I realized is that I couldn't run hundred miles a week, like 70, 75 was my max I could run. And if I went over that, my body would kind of blow up and, and I wouldn't be able to run at all. So I realized that I needed to have something else to continue with that aerobic side. And so I started picking up biking while I was injured. Actually, I, I went with the Dartmouth cycling team and did some rides. And then I realized that I should also swim. So I started doing that a little bit more because it's no impact and it's also a different set of muscles. So yeah, for me, it was, you know, kind of trying to advance my running. And the funny thing is my senior year, I actually cut my mileage down, focused on my hard workouts, added in bikes and, and swims, and I ended up running my best times ever. So, uh, you know, so I think, that sometimes um, people get so focused on doing what everybody else is doing and and each athlete is so individual that you have to step back and say what what actually is going to help me versus what is everybody else doing that that I feel like I should be following along with right and you know like you said it's all about knowing your body what it can take and what it can't so there is no one program that fits all yeah oh for sure it's uh it is everybody is different i know people who can train 40 hours a week. If I did that, I probably wouldn't even make it to day five, much less one week of that. 
Um, I, I was always a very specific hard workouts and then go easy on my recovery days to go hard again. More people do fall into that category than the uh, really, really high volume category because it's, it takes a really robust body for somebody to not fall apart. Right. And what would you say? Obviously, uh, I can understand that there is going to be a, a lot of importance being put on the fact that you're coming from a family of athletes and which obviously helps you understand your body that well and that early in your life and then being able to map your workouts out, map your training out. How, what importance would you put on that? My, it's interesting. My family, um, what, what our rule was, or my mom and dad's rule was that if you started something, you had to finish it. So if you wanted to go play lacrosse, you have to do the full season of lacrosse. There's no quitting, even if you hate it. Um, you know, so, so for me, it was, you know, that was part of it where you made a decision, you wanted to do something and you follow through on it. Um, you know, and so, so I tried to learn what I was doing and why I was doing things. Even, even when I was in high school, I wanted to understand the reasons behind it. Um, instead of just kind of going out and just blindly doing some workouts. Right. And you'd mentioned to me in one of our previous calls where, your uncle obviously was also a, a, a triathlete and he's also the one who, that pushed you. So you obviously come from a family of a lot of uh, athletes, your uncle being a triathlete, your siblings also uh, being triathletes. Now you're also married to a triathlete. How important have you know those early influences in life and also people in your journey who understand what you're trying to do? It's It's incredibly important to have people who understand and even back when my uncle was racing triathlons, I didn't even know he was really what they were, or what he was doing. He went to Kona one year and my mom went with him and they had this thing. I didn't even really know what it was at that point because I was focused on baseball and running. Right. Um, but, you know, it's but he always talked to me and said, oh, yeah, whenever you're done with your running, you're, you'll do good in triathlons. And that was kind of like, all right, whatever. <laughs> but, you know, I knew he was out doing that. And actually, my cousin also ran at Dartmouth. Um, a bunch of years before me so yeah then my, my one of my other cousins swam in college so yeah so, so we're all very active um and so it, it's you know it's not like we go out and play you know play sports against each other or, or, or competitive as a family really um but i think it just it just shows that you can do something right so i know that they did it so i know that i you know should should be able to do it and that's kind of the same thing that happened with my siblings you know my sister actually was the first one who started doing some triathlon stuff and so you know i kind of followed her that's what she says um but you know it, it's true she started doing it and i was like oh, i might be pretty good at this too so i'll try as well um so i think i think that's important is, is to have people who understand what what it is that you do and even with my wife, you know, she's a professional triathlete. She's now retired as well. But, you know, it's we knew what each other needed to do to be successful. And sometimes that was tough because neither of us wanted to cook. Neither of us wanted to clean. <laughs> um, but, you know, we knew that, that when it was our big race coming up, the other person would pick up a little bit of the slack because that's just how it has to work, you know. And, and so right. then they'd go and they'd do a good job, make some money, and, and then the roles would – a little bit switch, right? So I'd be I'd be more in charge of making sure that this was happening, and and she would be number one, and then we'd swap back again for the next race. So, yeah, it's tough, but uh, but you have to have somebody who understands what you're doing. Otherwise, they're sowing seeds of doubt into your mind that you shouldn't be doing it. Right, 
and your decision to you know switch from running to triathlon paid instant dividends because your first year of competing in triathlons you won the under 23 nationals and the very next year you became the international triathlon unions under 23 world champion what sort of differentiations exist particularly mentally in the two sports of running versus triathlon i was lucky in that running uh you know was at that time probably the most important leg of the race a lot of times the bikes would come back together and then it would be a run race at the end so i was kind of lucky the races have definitely got stronger and faster uh in the past 10 years but man it it was it was an interesting change i mean i i didn't really know what i was getting into sometimes you just dive in head first and go for it um, and I think that's what I did the first couple of years. I just would show up at a race and race. I didn't have expectations. Nobody really knew who I was and, and that can play in your favor too, you know, and then once expectations get put on you, then it sometimes it's harder to live up to those things. But, you know, I, I loved running. I loved going out and competing, but, but triathlon just offers, um, it's almost like a mental change of pace because there's so many different dynamics going on in the race from getting out on the swim good to the transitions to bike positioning to, you know, having a run race at the end. And, and I, I just, I enjoyed that part of it as well. Just, just that it was a, it was a different type of competition. Right. And three different kinds of sports to win or lose the race. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Yeah. You, you definitely, you can't win the race in the swim or the bike, but you can definitely lose the race on the swim or the bike. Uh, and, and I think that's, that's what I had to work hard at because I'm a swimmer, but I wasn't an amazing swimmer growing up. Uh, so I really worked hard to swim and learn how to swim well and be good. And it's funny because I actually, by the end of my career, I was doing long course races and, and I was swimming and I'd be, you know, top two or three out of the water. And people started thinking me of, of me as a swimmer, <laughs> but I was not a swimmer, you know? So I think sometimes you, you put your mind to it and you work hard, you work on the technique and it takes years, but now I can go and swim two, three days a week and still be fine. Um, once, once my body's so used to it. Right. And so this is 2004 and from 2004 to 2008, you became an under 23 national champion. You became an under 23 world champion got your first World Cup podium and, you know, you, you also qualified for the Beijing Olympics along the way by finishing as the top American in the ITU Be Beijing World Cup, beating some legends along the way and no pressure, but, you know, you also featured on the VT's cereal box. <laughs> I read this as a solid preparation leading up to the Olympics. How were you feeling about the upcoming Olympics and what sort of goals were you setting for yourself? Going into the Beijing World Cup, where the qualification race was, I, it, there were six U.S. guys on the start line. It was the top U.S. man was going to get a spot. So at that point, I knew I had a one in six shot at making the team. And so I just went into that race and just went for it. I mean, there, you got nothing to lose, right? I mean, you know, when you when you look at percentages that way, that's that's good. And I knew I was, I knew I was going to be in the mix. I, I was in you know, in good shape. And so, yeah, I, I qualified and it was kind of a shock to everybody else except maybe me and my coach and my family. Uh, but it was cool to be able to qualify a year out. And I got to do some fun stuff leading into the Olympics. Um, I had a whole year to do press and media and sponsorships. And so I got to get on the Wheaties box, which was one of those unbelievable dreams that every athlete, act, you know, loves. I get a call from an agent and I said, yes, 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 yes. <laughs> 
Um, and you know that it's just so cool to have those opportunities and and to be able to then you know you know be out there and and promote your sport and you know what I like is to have people be out be active and so that's kind of the direction that I tried to take uh, when I was you know talking and doing speaking things um, but you know from a from a racing side I I tried to just continue my development and continue to get better knowing that the Olympics is a completely different animal. It's one race and, you know, everybody shows up, everybody's in amazing shape um, and you never know what's going to happen. Um, so for the race, I just wanted to put myself in good position. We knew the course pretty well. We knew how it would play out. We knew it would come down to the run and I felt pretty confident. And I'd say I probably had like an A minus race on that day where I needed an A plus race to come in top 10 and an A plus plus to win a medal. And, you know, it's the experienced guys are the guys who, who did really well on that course because they knew where to put themselves. So, um, right. yeah, it was a it was it was a cool experience going through it and, and getting there and then being at the Olympics. Right. And what was the, the feeling like, you know, after crossing the finishing line? And, you know, and would you say you you'd obviously give me a rate in terms of it being an A minus on that day? But how did your you know how did you fare against your own expectations uh, for the olympics i think it's it's sometimes hard being a u.s athlete because so many athletes win medals uh that you know you get home and everybody says oh you went to the olympics how'd you do and, and when you say 18th place it's kind of like oh you didn't win a medal <laughs> even though you know 18th place in the world is absolutely unbelievable so absolutely. i think there was a little bit of that um you know, honestly, there was a little bit of relief. It was, it's such a buildup and there's so much stress and, and it's, you're just kind of holding all this stress in. It's like this one race that you're going for, for a year. And, you know, we looked at it and, and I know I, I feel like I did well. Um, you know, there's things that we wish we had done differently. When we look back in the preparation, we tried to race me a little bit less and I probably should have raced more because that's what I was used to. But, you know, you, you get there, you go to the start line and you give it everything you have and you finish and you look back and you just kind of go, wow, that was, that was an unbelievable experience. And at that point I, I thought I might have a couple more Olympics in me and I ended up just missing them in 2012 and 2016, which was a huge disappointment, but, uh, but it makes looking back on that one and everything that we got to do so much more special. Right. And, you know, like you mentioned, there is obviously a different sort of expectation and pressure being a u.s athlete because they're so driven in the fact that they would just measure the the medal count and whether the athlete succeed in winning a medal or not and obviously that transfers into your performance as well where you were ranked as the top american triathlete going into the olympics would you say that that gave you extra motivation to perform better or would you say the pressure actually hampered your performance. Yeah, I don't think that that, that really the pressure was a, a factor in you know in how you go about racing. You just kind of get to race day. Honestly, it's it's the it's it's the whole experience of the Olympics. There's just so much going on. Um, you know, I you know every other race you go to, like my mom and dad might come to some races, but it was basically like all my extended family was there. Right. So there's like 25 to 30 people from from my both sides of the family. And, and I think that changes the dynamic a bit as well, because, you know, you almost feel like you should be talking to them a bit. And, you know, it's 
it, there's so many more things that go into it because it's such a big event. You know, there's so much more security and, and all that, 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 that stuff just tires you out a little bit. So, you know, and, and it's hard though, because you want to have those experiences with your family too, you know? Um, so luckily they stayed after and we got to go and do a bunch of stuff together, but yeah, it's, uh, I think the whole Olympics as a whole is what, what the stressor and the pressure are. I don't know that it's specifically the race. It's, it's everything that goes around with the Olympics is, is a stressor. And if any athlete tells you that that is not true, they're lying. (laughs) (laughs) Right. And after the Olympics, you won the Hamburg IQ world championships and also the IQ duathlon world championships and awarded the USA triathlons elite triathlete of the year. What sort of goals did you set yourself right after the Olympics? I just wanted to keep getting better. Um, I knew that it was, I was still young in the sport and I had a lot to do. Um, so I, I just wanted to keep getting better. And, and I had a great year the year after the Olympics. I finished in the top seven or eight in most of the races that year. Won Hamburg, which was an unbelievable experience. And I'm still the only U.S. man to have won a World Triathlon Series race. And then I got to win the Duathlon World Champs, which was in Concord, North Carolina, so on home soil. So, yeah, I mean, it was just kind of one of those years where everything just went right and, and went well. And, and I, it, yeah, it, it's just, it's amazing when you look back on it. That year, I was just awesome. I was really good, which, which is kind of cool. Right. And, you know, for, for a long period of your career, you were the, the best ranked American triathlete. What would you say is the key reason behind your consistency of performance over so many years? The, the hardest thing to do is to perform consistently over and over and over and over again. And, you know, being on the start line gives you the, the biggest chance to do that. So for me, I really did a lot of work on my body. I would get massage and chiropractic, work with a biomechanic specialist. So I was always trying to make sure that my body was able to absorb the training and ready to go and be on a race. I never wanted to take the chance of getting injured. So, you know, we were, we were doing stuff every single week to, to put our bodies in the best place that they needed to be to train well and be able to race well. And and I think that's that's the biggest thing is, you know, doing the, the prehab instead of the rehab. So you're, you know, you're working on your body before you get injured. And most athletes end up getting into an injury cycle where they get injured and then they try and come back from it too quickly and they get re-injured. Um, so we, we always tried to stay ahead of that. We always tried to be, you know, be ready to go. And, and you know, and if anything happened to me, I would be off to, you know, a massage therapist or chiropractor, whoever, whoever it was that I knew that would be able to, to help me, you know, get back. And I mean, throughout my career, I, I missed a couple of days of training, you know, so, so that was, that was why I was able to keep doing things consistently because, you know, when you don't miss training, you can keep building and, and you just build on the, the, you know, building blocks of what you just did and, um, and versus getting injured and having to sit out for a couple of weeks. Right. And in our previous conversations and also some of the interviews that I've seen of you, you always seem to mention that you're just trying to have fun uh, along the races. And you do seem to place a good amount of importance to having fun and enjoying yourself while doing these races. And I've seen a lot of these endurance races and a lot of athletes and I don't see fun on their face. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
say that is the case for you and why do you put so much importance on you know having fun in that race yeah it's it's tough i think a lot of athletes see it as a business and it is a business but but you have to have fun you have to go out there and enjoy it because if you're so serious about it you get stressed out about every little thing that happens so you know yes i was getting paid to do it yes i had you know sponsors and and all that but 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 when you take a step back and you realize i'm racing around the world in all these really cool places and like i didn't even expect that as a high schooler i didn't think i'd travel around the world and and race in sydney and japan and south africa you know I, I you I would never have guessed any of that. So so when you take that step back and realize what you're doing and it's such a you know it's so different from a nine to five job right. that uh, that I think you have to you have to realize that, that it should be fun and it's hard work but it still can be fun. Um, so you know when you step on the start line you know you have to enjoy yourself and go hard at the same time which which some people I don't think can do. Right. But I I just always. I always tried to try to realize that, you know, there's other things that I could be doing right now, but instead I'm a professional triathlete and racing in, in this race, you know, in, in this country, instead of being at home, sitting at a desk, you know, so kind of look at it that way. Uh, that perspective is so refreshing to hear because, you know, a lot of the athletes obviously have their own approaches to getting themselves in the zone. But I also personally relate to this the most where, you at the end of the day you're doing this because you enjoy it and that yeah. to be the the true feeling that you leave with yeah and if you think about it really like you know you have to enjoy it if 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 i didn't like triathlon it's really hard to get out every day and go train and push yourself right i mean i see people who work you know normal jobs and if I see them not liking it and it's hard for them to go to work. Right. And so it's the same thing in sport. Like, yes, you can be good at a certain sport, but if you don't enjoy the sport and you don't enjoy the process and you don't enjoy the racing, then, you know, you're not going to do as well in it as if you enjoy it. So that's, it's, it's always important to find that thing that you enjoy. And, and I know some triathletes who, you know, who retired earlier than they, than they should have based on how good they were. But there were things that they just didn't enjoy, whether it was having to travel around the world, whether it was that there isn't a lot of money in the sport, um, you know, or other issues that they had. It's but it, it's hard because you think that they can succeed. But for some reason, they just weren't enjoying it anymore. And, you know, that, that's fine. So you just you just have to find the thing that you like and, and just go for it. Right. And along the way, you also dabbled in business, being an entrepreneur and creating a sunscreen brand for endurance athletes like yourself. How did that, you know, decision come out, come about, you know, wanting to be an entrepreneur? Yeah, I've always enjoyed kind of businesses and, and stuff like that. And, and so what really happened is my wife and I moved to Florida and we couldn't find any sunscreen that we liked to use while we were training. So we ended up through a friend finding a woman who makes spa products and worked with her to make this sunscreen. And, and we kind of got in the business and said, okay, this will be our post post triathlon career. Um, you know, but which we haven't actually, we're doing other things now, but you know, it's just something that we realized just there that could be done better. And, um, you know, so we had fun with it and, and enjoyed it and, and it's, it's still going and it's kind of on the back burner now, but, 
you know, it was, it, it was fun to go through that process. And, you know, I'll even say it might have, you know, given me a little distraction at times to deal with that instead of triathlon stuff. This is obviously true entrepreneurial spirit where you see what, see a problem existing and you can't find a solution. So you create a solution on your own. Yeah. Yep. Exactly. And, you know, now, now currently you are working as a financial advisor and I see a pattern playing many sports at the same time, working on many things at the same time. It wouldn't be wrong to call you a jack of all trades. Would you say this urge of wanting to do so many things and also being that good at all of them has helped you, you know, bring a, a different perspective to life and also then pursue your goals accordingly? Yeah, I think there's a couple things in there. You know, one of them is that I I like helping people. Uh, you know, that's that's one part. I, I'm still coaching athletes. I've loved coaching, um, and so the financial stuff kind of fits in with that. It's helping people, and and I enjoy that part of it. I enjoy trying to figure out the puzzle of somebody's finances and how we can put them in a better place. So, I love that. Same thing with coaching. You know, it's finding out how you can make an athlete better. Um, and I was always so involved in my own um, athletics, right? So I was trying to make sure that I knew what was going on for myself, that, you know, I, I cared about my my process and my coaching. Um, so, yeah, I mean, you know, I try and be good at everything I do. I don't like being, you know, doing something halfway. And, you know, the, I might be running into that problem right now with everything that I have going on from from all my training and starting up into some adventure races. But, you know, it's still fun. And, and for me, it's about getting outside and, and having a goal. And so I, you know, I have the goal on the business side, doing the financial stuff now. Um, and I was kind of didn't really have a goal after not wanting to race triathlons professionally anymore. So it's finding that goal and finding how you're going to get there and what you need to do to get better at it. And, and I think that drives me. So, you know, once I set that goal out here, I'm going to find my way to get there. I'm going <laughs> to get, get, get there on that path. Right. And, um, it, it can be tough at times to figure out what that goal should be. Um, but you know, for me, I just try and find things that I enjoy doing and then I want to get better at them. I want to see how far I can take them and, and how good I can get. And I have seen a lot of your interviews and also your, on your website where you mentioned that your mo life motto is to be the best you that you can be. And you have applied that motto in a lot of areas where you're trying to be a better entrepreneur, you're trying to be a better athlete, you're trying to be a better coach. How, how do you, you know, juggle so many roles and also wanting to you know, strive for excellence in so many areas? You know, the, the, when I, basically I came up with that motto when I, when I went through it's this cool little process of, you know, figuring out what words and things are important to you. And, and I realized that I do these things for myself and that's not that they're selfish, but I do them because I want, I want to get better because I want to get somewhere. And so that's why I realized that, that my goals and my motto is to be the best me that I can be because I'm the one who's out there pushing myself, you know, biking or swimming or running or, you know, working. And there isn't anybody else that can push me, right? Like, yes, your coach is telling you what to do, but in the end, you're doing the workout. You're the one who has to go out and get that work done. You're the one who shows up on race day and, and races, not your coach, not your family. So you you really you know or i really feel like for me 
I, I want to be the best me that I can be. I want to see how far I can go and see how good I can get at these things that I've pushed myself towards and set these goals on. So yeah, it's, uh, it's interesting. And other people are, are motivated differently, uh, for sure. But for me, it's, that's what it's about. I want to see how good I can get. I want to push myself. I want to motivate myself. And, you know, and yes, there's other people that are helping me and, you know, you acknowledge them and they're part of the journey as well. But in the end, you're the one who is actually doing these things. So you need to motivate yourself. And in your quest to, you know, finding a new goal to challenge yourself with, you told me that you started doing adventure races these days. And you've also, in fact, applied for uh, Eco Challenge, which is supposed to be the world's toughest adventure race. How, how did that come about for you? And, you know, do you think you ha- you'll have any advantages considering you are one of the best American triathletes? if you do end up getting selected for it. Yeah, we'll see what happens with the selection. I know there's lots of people that applied, but, you know, for me, it's about taking another journey and figuring out what I want to do and how I do it. And I have some really good friends uh, here in Florida who have done adventure races for a couple of years. One of them is another retired triathlete and, uh, and they've been trying to get me to do them for a while. So I kind of knew that it might be something I'd want to do. I actually did my first one ever last weekend, 24 hour race and I loved it. I thought it was fun. And it's, you know, it's, it's so different from a triathlon, um, you know, cause it's so long, but, but there's so much of a mental aspect of it, whether it's dealing with maps, dealing with um, being tired, dealing with being in the woods in the dark, <laughs> which is just another experience that is just crazy. Um, you know, so there's a lot of pieces to it that, that are, uh, that are just, that are just different. And, and I think I like that. And I like, you know, learning something new and how to master a new challenge. So, but eco challenge is like, you know, five, six, seven, 10 days out there. That's a, that's a completely different ball game. Uh, but you know, if, if that challenge gets, if, if they accept the fact that I want to do that challenge and accept me, then I will go for it and, and have some fun with it. Right. And apart from, you know, adventure races, what different, goals and aspirations are you setting yourself up you know for the near future yeah it's you know it's hard once you transition out of racing full-time um like i don't really have the motivation to go do any triathlons right now um there's one actually going to be here in town in like four weeks but you know i just don't have that motivation so it's it's something different so that's why i've enjoyed the adventure races um and it's you know it's it's learning new skills right and trying to master new things uh, and I think you have to do that to to kind of continue to be a better you, to build yourself. So yeah, so for me, it's it's about learning some of those things that I haven't done before and, and mastering new challenges. Well, it, it's been a real pleasure having you today and learning your journey about becoming uh, the becoming the best American triathlete and also sort of re, you know very inspiring to know that you can strive for excellence in so many aspects of life and be good at it as well so thank you so much for taking out the time today and you know we we really appreciate you sharing your journey with us yeah thanks for having me well that's all for our chat with jared shoemaker our first endurance athlete on the podcast and boy did i get to learn a lot from jared his motto while simple is so moving to be the best me i can be We see and hear it so often from endurance athletes that their fight is with themselves and they are just working towards becoming their best version. And as Jared reiterated, it's always important to have fun along the way because what sport without fun eh?
So that's it for this episode, folks. Thank you for tuning into the Gifted Podcast. I have been your host, Neeraj Mulani. A gentle reminder: you can find us as The Gifted on your favorite podcast platforms, including Apple, Spotify, and Google. Keep following us on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube as The Gifted Podcast, and on Twitter as The Gifted Pod, so you don't miss out on any upcoming episodes. Thank you once again for listening, and I'll see you next week with another special episode. Until then, stay well and keep your masks on.